Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Chizo, and alongside me I have Mr. Smith and Wesson. It's Pistol. How are you feeling after round one there, Legend? Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait to get stuck into round two and hopefully uh, back up a decent round one score and see uh, how high I can push. So, uh, community, I've had a pretty rough pretty rough week. Uh, basically, Pistol has been inboxing me once every hour for the last five days, letting me know how he went in round one. And uh, just once more for the community, because I know you're going to bring it up again anyway, how did you go round one, Pistol? <laughs> oh, it wasn't that good. It was, uh, no, it was pretty good. I scored a 2301. So, did crack the 2,300 mark to start the year, which is always nice. Uh, how did you find yourself going, Chizo? Uh, I, uh, as soon as uh, Swallow was laid out, I knew that was uh, trouble for my round one. Um, probably a few rookies that I would have rather to have swapped around onto the bench um, instead of others. Having Butler on the field would have really helped. But um, solid just shy of uh, 2,200, but hopefully bouncing back this week uh, with a full allot team. Um, we're back in 2017, mate. It's real footy. We've got real scores for our totally real super coach teams, mate. I love it. Lots of talking points from the weak pistol. Uh, the one that faced me, um, 35% of the coaches last week had a laid out. That was David Swallow, as I've mentioned, rolling his ankle in training. It would have been nice if they uh, actually mentioned it before they uh, they rolled up to the game against Brisbane Pistol, so at least we knew that he was carrying injury, don't you reckon? Yeah, that would have been nice, but it also would have been nice if uh, Harold Sun didn't lock out the, G, uh, the Gold Coast Brisbane game like half an hour earlier than they were meant to. I think it locked out the same time as the Essendon Hawthorne game, so people who are waiting on a decision and thinking about what to do with Swallow actually got stuck with him in the end. Yeah, and that's uh, I was lucky enough to be at a um, well, I got I got Barrett's uh, emergency score, which, as we know, was splendid, um, a mid forties. Um, but it, 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 we had a lot of people uh, basically um, uh, panic trading him out, and they were basically getting anyone in that they possibly could pistol. Yeah, that's not the best strategy. Um, I think definitely if something is amiss, and I'm sure things will happen, especially now once the season started and the rookies aren't looking particularly good. Don't panic assess all your options and sometimes it's even best to wait a week some people actually uh, got away scot-free of it because uh, we got a lot of inboxes to the page saying that they uh, they went swallow to McGrath and they couldn't have been happier. It was like a blessing in disguise that they had to make that trade. And, you know, in hindsight, McGrath came out and played really, really well and, and, and absolutely tore up his debut game. But for a lot of us that basically just put swallow on the bench knowing that we picked him for a reason and um, this was just a little niggle, nothing to worry about, we, we got burnt by it, Pistol. Yeah, it's not over yet. Swallow's going to play this week, and if he pops out 100, I don't think he'll be complaining anymore after this week. Yeah, and that kind of leads us into uh, the the second issue that I want to touch on from week one. Um, our rookies, mate. Like we had to, I had to choose between like uh, Jake Barrett, Brandon Parfit, um, uh, Pickett had already played on my midfield bench, but I, we just don't have the rookies that we're used to scoring. You know, sixty plus. Um, you, know, you know, the last five six years we've had these Gold Coast and GWS players that are you know like a um, a power pepper that can put up seventies and eighties for you know one hundred and twenty. 130k we just don't have that this year and it is uh, it's shocking a lot of people that you know these cheap rookies that we're putting in suddenly we're not getting big scores from them yeah but that's what's making me so excited about this season i think the cash generation is going to be slower because the rookies aren't uh, performing as well as in the past so if <laughs> i might be forced to hold trades or, or have to cull them a bit early so that's already on my side but i think what that means is the teams that 
get off to a flyer are probably going to be holding their lead for a bit longer this season than previous seasons just because the cash generation isn't there for other people to catch them as quickly. Yeah, definitely something that's going to be difficult and something uh, unique about this season. Okay, mate, we've got plenty of things to talk about tonight, but we'll, uh, before we kick into round two teams, Pistol, we'll just talk about our Cancer Council fundraiser for Harry that we're doing. We've nearly reached $500. Um, if you do enjoy the podcast, please consider donating to the fundraiser. Every little bit helps. Um, and the sad news came out today that the uh, the Hanley brothers uh, lost their, their younger brother, Tommy, to his battle in cancer. And condolences go out to the whole family. Um, everyone at Dr. Supercoach, um, we're totally behind um, the Hanley brothers spending as much time as they, they can to recuperate. And, you know, hope, hopefully um, we'll be able to see them on an AFL field at, at some point, Pistol. And everyone was uh, commenting nice things uh, on the page, wishing them well. And that, that was lovely to see, Pistol. Yeah, fantastic work. Um, but then, look, if you guys really want to uh, help, it'd be great if you could donate as well. Um, yeah, a little bit of money will go a long way to, to help in find, finding a cure for cancer. Yeah. I checked in with Harry this week, Pistol. He's, he's been fairly unwell after his second round of chemo. There's a, a cute photo. Some of his friends from uh, back here in Townsville have actually all shaved their hair uh, so they can look like Harry, which is a, a little bit cute of them. But he, he's in good spirits. He's smiling for every photo. Uh, which is great to see. Okay, mate, no real changes for the Thursday night game uh, between the Tigers and the Pies. Uh, the one omission that I do want to highlight is the fact that Mason Cox uh, has been omitted, um, and it probably helps uh, Brody Grundy owners uh, a little bit in the fact knowing that he'll be the sole ruckman this week. What do you think about that? Yeah, Grundy should get, obviously, more time in the ruck, which is only going to help his scores, and especially um, if he has to have less time resting um, and more time in the ruck. It's obviously only going to benefit him. But I think what people are forgetting is it's also going to help Nankervis because even though Cox isn't the best tap of ruck, I mean, he generally does get his hands first to the ball. So he kind of stops his opponent from getting the hit out instead. So I think uh, it will be more of an even battle when it's just Nank the whole game versus Grundy the whole game. I think it will be very even um, in those hit outs. And as you saw last week when it was Cruiser versus Nank, they both got a lot of hit outs to advantage and they both scored over 100 so he's hoping that the same thing happens tonight yeah, it, it was a, a great first game by Toby, uh, Toby Nankervis. Um, really happy that he's coming into week two, uh, being the, the sole Ruckman again. Uh, one thing I did notice from last week's game is he faded strongly towards that last half. There was a, a ball only a couple metres from his vicinity and he, he was not even walking. He was just absolutely cooked. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, someone comes in like a, a Hampson comes in, you know, one week every now and then just to give him a, a little bit of a lighter load because he was really laboring in that the the, the very uh, last quarter. Um, but, he, you know, 110 plus scores, really, really good, really happy. Um, I thought Trelaw got a little bit robbed there, Pistol. Can you tell me anything about that? <laughs> yeah, Trelaw, he, I think I mentioned it on the Monday podcast. His, I doubt he could do that again, getting a stat line like that and scoring less than 100. I did work it out, and it is possible for him to score 96. It's just he got must have got the short straw on a lot of his possessions, um, especially if you're ruling a lot of his kicks as ineffective and then taking his handballs as sideways or backwards worth you know one point. Um, it is possible he could have got lower than 96 actually I think I worked out his minimum score was like 78 or something like that <laughs> but he he definitely I, I really don't think if he gets those stats again I don't see him getting under 100 I think that was just a once-off thing 
Adam, this is a, a Supercoach um, public service announcement. Hit a teammate, for God's sake. <laughs> it, it was so frustrating watching the game, seeing how close they were to, you know, overrunning the dogs and being in the game the whole time. And then all of a sudden he'd get the ball, just do a, a Brent Stanton and just slam it on the boot and kick it as far as he can, only for it to be returned because he kicked it to the only player within about 50 metres that wasn't on his team. Oh, we'll only get better. Our structures will improve, and I think they'll also help Trelaw in the future. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the new game style that the Pies have adopted? It's something I saw with uh, the Tigers as well. That's why it's going to be interesting for tonight's game. They basically have taken on the the uh, basically they've taken on the bulldog stance of just get the ball, spread as hard as you can, and just try as many risky maneuvers as you can to get it out of the back line. Look, I quite enjoyed it. I think it's more exciting football. It's definitely much more high-scoring football, and Collingwood's midfield is good enough to be able to control the ball. The problem is the forward 50 entries. We have no one to, to kick it to, pretty much, and no one to, to score goals for us. And then, obviously, everyone knows Collingwood's backline is not a great strength, so as soon as the ball comes in, the opposition's going to score. So we really need our midfielders to... <laughs> to get it to the forwards and then stop the ball from leaving because once the ball comes out, goes past the midfield to the back line, we're going to concede. And I think that's going to happen a lot tonight. They're going to get over the top and you're going to see Dusty run onto a few, few of uh few goals tonight I think look basically any back line that can keep Lyndon Dunn on the emergency list is a pretty stellar back line let's be honest well Shade was actually very good I was really impressed by his game so maybe it's not going to be as bad as I think but also I'm uh, it's Collingwood tragic and it probably is going to be worse <laughs> than I think uh, so one of the games I'm really looking forward to this week it's the grand final rematch um, Bulldogs and Sydney Swans take us through that mate ins and outs so a couple of changes in the uh, Bulldogs versus Swans game with I think the major ones being Sydney playing three new faces. Um, we've got, I should say who comes out actually, Dane Rampey broke his arm during the week trying to jump over one of those uh, metal... He was, he was playing with his dog and hit it on a doorknob is what I heard. <laughs> no, not, not quite. <laughs> I think he, he actually was leaving training, so it was in front of everyone as well, and he tried to jump the... Um, what are they called? Like the metal chains out near the ground? I would, uh, yeah, I would call it a metal chain. And yeah, he uh, didn't quite time his jump very well. Hit his foot on it, tripped over, land on his arm, broke his broke his arm. <laughs> yeah, and Dean Towers is also out because he didn't play very well, and Daniel Robinson as well. And in comes three new players: Robbie Fox, who's a hundred and two k midfielder, so he's one to keep an eye on. Nick Newman, who we're talking about heaps in the preseason, one hundred twenty three k defender, and Will Haywood, one hundred twenty one k forward. Now, do you happen to have some uh, knowledge about Will Haywood from the prospectus? Yeah, he's uh, pick 21 from the draft, uh, 186 centimetres, 76 kilos. So he's a light frame. He's uh, basically a general forward, but his stats um, really, really stack up. Uh, he didn't play much uh, like league football. He was more of a, uh, a sample under-18s kind of player where he, uh, he averaged 17 disposals a game, um, a really high contested possession ratio, which was really, really good. The only thing that hurts him is his disposal efficiency. So he does have quite a low, uh, kind of uh, below average 
average disposal efficiency, but he, he averaged above two goals a game in their under-18 championships and four goals a game in the sample under-18s. Um, and 10 score involvements a game, ranked number one in the competition. So uh, he's very good pressure half forward. He, he rated third for half uh, forward half pressure acts in Division One uh, under-18 championships. So he's that typical Sydney player, that, that hard tackling, pressure forward, um, and he really is able to, to um, put it on the put it on the scoreboard as well. Um, it's going to be interesting whether he's going to have any sort of impact um, in AFL playing against uh, kind of the bigger bodies that he's, he's not quite been exposed to yet. Uh, but he's a, another Sydney rookie that um, is has shaky job security. So I, I'd be taking a look at him just to, uh, but I wouldn't be expecting uh, too much from him at this stage. Uh, Nick Newman, uh, their pistol is one that we've been harping on for about 18 months now please I'm I'm really hoping he's coming in for for Dane Rampey as that uh, replacement because that gives him you know um, four to eight weeks depending on how that arm heals for Dane Rampey and that's uh, perfect for what we want for as a uh, a rookie for those with uh, uh, Joel Smith that we'll talk about a little bit later. You could hold Joel Smith for another week. Have a good look at Nick Newman if he's picked for pick for round three could be a really good swap uh, straight swap yeah, definitely. I, 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 looking at the Sydney interchange, like it's hard to believe what you see. You see um, Florent, Fox, Newman, and Hayward. I don't think I've seen Sydney in 10 years with such inexperienced players in, on the actual field. Um, you're starting for them. I can't believe it. it's crazy how times have changed. So, Cheezer, moving on, do you want to take us through the uh, Hawthorne-Adelaide game? Yeah, no worries, mate. Um, interesting omissions here from both sides, actually. Your mate, Ryan Schoenmakers, uh, gets omitted, along with Taylor DeRay, James Sicily, and Billy Hartung. Uh, the Hawks bring in sweeping changes after they got demoralised by uh, the great Essendon team. In comes Cade Stewart, Ryan Burton, and Luke Hodge. And uh, one of the guys that we've been talking about during the preseason, Tim Miles. Um, so, uh, they, they are all named on the bench along with along with uh, Ricky Henderson. Um, so definitely one to keep an eye on, another rookie that um, has popped up. Keep an eye on Ryan Burton as well. He's a little bit more expensive, but he can really, really turn it up. He was a steal a couple years back in the draft. Uh, on the uh, Adelaide Crows side, Tex comes back in, Taylor Walker, um, straight to full forward. Omitted. This is an interesting one for me. It's not really a like for like. It's uh, a Troy Menzel, their pistol. He actually uh, played reasonably well in their win over GWS um, in his uh, his debut game for the Crows. Um, really interesting that they've omitted him. What do you think about that? Yeah, I was very surprised because I also thought he played really well. And I'm equally surprised that Jake Lever is an emergency for the game. So he's fit and firing, ready to go. And Andy Otten seems to be holding Lever out of the team at this point present stage which I, I didn't expect at all I thought it'd just be dropped straight away so I don't know how much longer Otten's gonna hold on to but he better put in a big showing so that he can save our backline for a couple more weeks yeah exactly right um the, the I, I did think that Jake Kelly might make way for um Jake Lever um I think they just want a, a bit more game time with Lever before bringing him back in uh Harry Wig uh had an absolutely stellar game 28 disposals in the uh, Sanford warm-up game so um one to keep an eye on he's really bashing down the door again um it's going to be a really interesting game I would not be surprised 
surprised if Hawks are 0-2 at the start of the season. Oh, that would be incredible. Um, uh, moving on from that game, we've got the uh, the uh, two expansion clubs, uh, the Giants and the Suns. I, they used to be interesting clashes, but I think now that they've separated a little bit in their skill and development level, it's not quite as exciting. Uh, Pierce Hanley away for uh, family reasons. Who else have we got out for uh, on the Giants side there, mate? I actually noticed uh, Mazungu is out, so you're probably going to have to trade him out of your team, Chiso. <laughs> oh, dear. So only someone like uh, JB uh, or Kane will get Mazungu and their draft team, hey? Well, he's out for, I think, eight to ten weeks. His hammy looks very bad. And Matt Kennedy, who was omitted, which is unfortunate because I know you were harping on about him all throughout the preseason, so sad to see him go. But Hopper comes in, which uh, I think is a... Maybe a little bit of an upgrade there. And Nathan Wilson as well for the Giants. Onto the Suns. David Swallow is a big in, obviously. And Jack Leslie comes in for Schoenfeld and Pierce Hanley, as mentioned before. Swallow coming back is absolutely massive for them and massive for our Supercoach sides. Named on a wing as well, which is great to see and yeah really looking forward to this game actually yeah really disappointed that um, uh, Matt Kennedy uh, isn't playing this game he's omitted when I really thought that he uh, he really did um, he, he did just enough to hold his spot last week I think he put in some some really nice efforts even in you know it's hard to judge one of these guys coming in for basically uh, their uh, first handful of games and uh, they get get an absolute pantsing by a good side away from home and you know someone's always gotta gotta make way um, so so it's really disappointing for Matt Kennedy because I really do judge him as a, a really good young talent, one of their academy boys. So um, he is named on the emergency list, so maybe he does get another run for those that picked him up. Um, moving on to West Coast Eagles and St Kilda over at Domain Stadium. Um, you've got Paddy McCartan, Blake Akers and Lee Montagna. Montagna is a big one for those in draft leagues coming back in after he, got, he uh, had a bit of a, a VFL preseason run. Uh, on the West Coast side, you've got Tom Barras, John Giles coming in as the Sol Ruckman for uh, the Eagles. He's uh, He was one of our uh, amazing rookies back in like 2012. And we've got Dom Sheed, um, the uh, mid-price uh, midfielder that a, a few people had. Lewis Jetta goes out, Drew Petrie out with a broken hand, and Eric McKenzie out with soreness. How are you seeing this game playing out here, Pistol? Well, I should say Nathan Vardy's still on the side, so I'm sure he'll get some rock time with uh, Jonathan Giles. Oh, yeah. Um, I honestly... If Saints put in the display like they did against Melbourne, I think they'll get spanked. Uh, I think we might be seeing JJK outscore Saints on his own if uh, things start to look <laughs> out for, for Saints. Um, he does happen to do that probably once per year, so this this could be it really early in the season after his seven goal straight performance last week. Yeah, he's looking at looking at his uh, his third Coleman in a row, I believe. Yeah, crazy. I mean, he's just a goal kicking machine. And David Armitage out is I think a bit interesting for those with Jack Steele. This time named straight in the center, which is great. I think he's going to get even more mid-time than last week. And that's really good for owners, especially considering last week he got 113. So hopefully he can back that up with another solid 90-plus score and prove that he can be a forward-line primo. It was a fantastic start from him, wasn't it? A lot of people saying, you know, he's uh, he promised us so much last year and got nowhere. But, you know, it's a completely different year this year. He's playing at St Kilda, different team. He's got a different role. He's He has shown in the preseason that he's got that form. He's got that role that we need. And he is going to... Uh, 
provided um, that St Kilda don't get absolutely dominated around the ball, he, he will put up another decent score for us. Uh, moving on to uh, the Brisbane Lions and Essendon. Jack Frost comes in for Ben Keys on the on the Lions side. Not really a like for like. On the Essendon side, Ben Howlett comes back in for his first game in 12 months. And Josh Green goes out with a hamstring. Not really fantasy relevant there, Pistol. No, not at all, actually. And this game should still go ahead. I know people were talking about it being called off due to the bad weather. Um the Gabba is a quick draining ground, so I think it will be okay. And yeah, don't don't really stress about it. But again, <laughs> not really the most exciting of, of matches. Yeah. Um, interesting uh, to note that Andy McGrath um, backing up for his second game. He was really, really good um, last week. Someone else that was really good that we touched on in the preseason, Zach Merritt. He was uh, he was one of the two, along with Gary Ablett, that you said were going to drop out of the uh, the top 10 averaging mids this year. Pistol, do you want to change your opinion on that, or are you happy that he's going to fall back out? <laughs> no, I still think he'll fall just out. <laughs> But also, I'm being very stubborn on purpose because uh, one, <laughs> one game doesn't make it the man or whatever the saying is that they just made up. Um, I think he'll be a very good pick. But yeah, let's, let's talk top 10 after a few more games of you know, scoring above 115. That was my theory last year with Dangerfield. You know, 20 games don't make it the man. So I had to see a full season from him before I picked him up. Uh, interesting to know that Jake Barrett's named again uh, on ground in a, a forward pocket, which is great news. Um, so hopefully he can turn those uh, scores that he had in, say, a, a fantasy, uh, fantasy uh, AFL fantasy-wise into Supercoach because I think he put up like a 65 or a 70, but only put up a mid-40s in Supercoach because he had about 16 clangers. <laughs> Couple less clangers and a few more points wouldn't hurt this week. Yeah. Jump into uh, the Cats and North. Could be another game for Paddy Dangerfield after putting up a lazy 220 last year. Yeah, that was crazy. We all had him captain, didn't we, Chizo? Yeah, so what other changes have we got? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the big change is Cockatoo comes out, which is great, I think, for Parfit's job security. He is named on the extended bench, so he could be dropped. Darcy Lang, Jed Buse, Menajola, and Zach Smith um, also come in, and they're all on the extended bench. If I had to guess which three come out, um, I would say it's going to be... <laughs> well, Parfit keeps on, his spot. I, I, Parfit keeps his spot, I think, but I put myself on the spot, which isn't which isn't great. Um, I think Zach Smith still plays um, after being a late out last week, so I'm guessing Lang, Buse, and Menajola miss out this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if Menajola comes in for um, a different midfielder. Not quite sure who, but We'll see what happens. Um, with North Melbourne, Jared Waite is out and Mudjack Door comes in, which is cool. And on the extended interchange, we happen to have Pruce um, and Mitch Hibbard and Declan Mountford. Three need to be omitted. Not feeling great about our chances here, guys. I think Pruce makes the cut. Aaron Mullet came in and is on the extended interchange, which... Mullet and Hibbert, only one of them you'd think is going to get the game. A bit worried for Mitch Hibbert here. He wasn't particularly great last week, so I think he might be the one to make way, which would leave us with a non-playing rookie after one game, which isn't great. But, yeah, we'll have to see how we go. Any thoughts on these, this game, Chiso? It's not particularly encouraging that Mitch Hibbert and Mountford are on the interchange, especially with Ben Cunnington coming back in, playing that more inside role like a Declan Mountford. Mitchell Hibbert, I think he, he, he does deserve his spot again. I don't think Aaron Mullet or Taylor Garner are ever going 
going to get another game. Once you've started to play these these rookies and you need to um, expose them to AFL football, there's no point bringing in these these uh, guys that have had their turn and they're not really going anywhere. Majak Dor, Pruce and Cunnington will play from that expanded bench, but that means there's only one spot between Aaron Mullet, Taylor Garner, uh, Mitchell Hibbert and Declan Mountford. So <laughs> it's pretty much guaranteed that one of them's going to miss out. I do feel like it's Declan Mountford because he did play that inside role like Ben Cunnington. Uh, Mitchell Hibbert was definitely more of a, 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 a running back type role, so I don't think there's a straight swap. That would be the one that I'd be more uh, more interested in, um, particularly if you have like a Joel Smith and then now you have a, a Mitchell Hibbert pistol. We could be in for a lot of pain in, uh, with these rookies. Not only are they not scoring well, but they could uh, just be in and out every second week. Yeah, and we have the concerns over Otten as well, so I'm a bit worried about our back line, but um, hopefully, yeah, next week there's better news on the rookie front. And maybe they all score well this week. Who knows? Yeah. Okay, jump into the D's and the Blues game there, mate. There's uh, not been um, uh, many uh, outs on the Carlton side of things, but Bernie Vince and Joel Smith are making way for a few players there, Pistol. Yeah, so I think um, Dom Tyson, Dean Kent, uh, Ben Kennedy, James Harnes, and Jake Spencer are listed as in with them on the extended uh, interchange. I think Jake Spencer's there just for insurance because Max Gorn had a couple of training injuries. He uh, rocked up with a very sore back, managed to get through the session but fell on his wrist at training so he said he's fine but didn't look great so we'll see what happens there um dean kent i find really interesting because many tipped him to replace um hannon who who dominated to put it bluntly last week and they're both names on the extended interchange i'm not sure they're actually going to go through with that switch now but certainly interesting um dom tyson you'd think makes the cut um for carlton Harry McKay, new face, named on the extended interchange, and he might get his first game, but um, yeah, not really much of significance here, uh, I can see. What about you? The, the best thing that I can see here is we've got both Jared Pickett and uh, Samo Petrevsky-Seaton named on the ground. Um, uh, interesting to note that Jared Pickett is lined up uh, with Christian Petrarca uh, in the back pocket for Carton, which I find interesting. Uh, I guess the, the only good thing we can take about is that at least he's named on the field, Pistol. <laughs> he is, and so is Harrison McCready, who I think most people passed on. So he does get his second game for Carlton as well as a rookie defender. Good to see that Sam Doherty's uh, named on a, a back flank again this week. Um, we did notice from his heat map last week he was playing on a, a very much on a wing and to one side of the ground, as you expect with a, with a wing. Um, Cade Simpson named in that position this week, so I don't know whether they're rotating or if it's just a, how they're writing it down on the team sheet, but Sam Doherty definitely did have a different role last week when you had a Caleb Marchbank as the one taking those intercept marks, which hurt uh, Sam Doherty's scoring, so definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll jump into the power and uh, the Dockers for the last game of the round. Um, no real outs. We've got a lot of uh, extended benches named. Tommy Sheridan, Matt Tamadar, Ethan Hughes named on the bench for the Dockers. I don't see many changes happening there. Uh, on the uh, power side of things, Jarman MP, William Drew and uh, Joe Attlee. So we've got a couple rookies there potentially getting their first game sitting on the bench. Um, Brett Eddy named on the bench there. Pistol, not good signs. No, not good at all. But as JB has told us many times, Port Adelaide actually like to, if they win, they keep the winning formula, don't make many changes in next week. So, Hoping he's correct and we don't have to worry. Yeah, absolutely. So that wraps it up that. We'll jump into the next segment, which is back for 2017. It's Cheezo's Tasty Trades. It ain't easy being cheesy. 
Rightio guys, Tasty Trades back for 2017. I've got a few different trade topics I want to talk about because I'm seeing some craziness here, Pistol. I'm seeing so many different trades coming in this week. It's, it's the start of round two. Round one has just gone and people are burning two of their 30 trades already, mate. I'm getting a little bit crazy here and one of the big things that I'm seeing people do is sidewaysing rookies. This week, we've had, out of the top 10 most common um, rookie trades this week, seven of the top 10 have been sidewaysing a rookie to a rookie. What are we doing, community? We've got Pickett to a Hannon. Yes, Hannon scored well, but he's a forward rookie that his scoring depends on how the team's going, getting forward entries and dominating possession. So if Melbourne are winning like they did, he's going to get more ball. If you've got a Pickett, who's playing for the Blues, that are not scoring very highly, not having quality entries to the forward line. Yes, it's his first game as well, but he's not going to have that supply to be able to um, pop up the points. Brett Eddy is another one, straight to Hannon. Another common trade. Again, Brett Eddy, first game. Absolutely atrocious weather up there, Pistol. Pouring down wasn't a real game for, you know, that key forwards. Franklin's slightly different because he's so good at ground level, but you're not going to hit a, a full forward lace out sprinting out of the full, out of the, uh, the, the, the goal square. It's not going to happen in that weather, particularly on the SCG, which is so cramped sideways. But... We are seeing a lot of trades. We've got Pickett to Hannon, Taranto to, to Hannon. We've got Joel Smith to McGrath. Don't mind that trade. Swallow to McGrath. Swallow's back in this week, guys. You, you picked him for a reason. Cam McCarthy to Hannon. We talked about this pistol. It's driving me crazy. You picked McCarthy because he's got that really good job security. Hannon has one bad game. He's going to... You're disappearing. Like, and unless you desperately need that 100K to turn Rewalt into someone, I don't know how you could possibly need more money from Rewalt, but that's the only way you should be sidewaysing someone like that. Another one, we've got Pickett to Butler this week. It, Butler had basically his best game he's ever played in the history of ever. Yes, it, 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 he put up a good score. It's driving me mental, Pistol. Like, I'm not seeing any smart trades this week. It's the end of round one. If you don't have the likes of Mitch Hannon, say you've got um, a, a forward line rookie that literally didn't play last week, is not named this week, you've made a mistake. Okay, you need to fix that up. Go and get a Hannon. Go and get a Butler. Go and get a, a, a Pickett or a Taranto or, or someone like this. But you should not be trading based on one week's history. If we're, if we're taking, um, like if you're not taking with a grain of salt, not understanding that a lot of these forward rookies that you're trading out, you know, Butler, Butler won't get the same service um, playing against Collingwood compared to playing against Carlton. He's going to do very well. I can see him maybe putting up another 60 and that's the average that you can see for someone like that. But Pistol, he's just not going to be a consistent forward. You've got key forwards, you've got small forwards that have the same variance, the same fluctuation in their scoring. It's, it's driving me mental, man. Do, is there anything that you can add to that? Do you agree? Do you disagree? What do you think? Um, well, the footy's on at the moment, and uh, Butler just handballed to Koch and you kicked a goal. So he's got another goal assist, so he might be wrong <laughs> straight <laughs> off the bat. But uh, what I would like to add is it's called Cheezo's Tasty Trades, not Cheezo's Tasty Don't Trade. So give us something. What do you do if you have a rewalt, for example? Okay. So rewalt, he's gone for two to six weeks. Um 
basically not even Rewalt knows when he's going to be back. That's a big time frame to be out. Like he's basically going on a week by week basis. So you have to get rid of him. And in two weeks and above this early in the season, he's got to go. So you're looking at the likes of JJK. We know over the last few years when he's won the Coleman medal, he's averaged around 100 points. It's safe to assume he's going to average 100 this year without anything going different. He has these 170 games once or twice every season. We shouldn't be chasing last week's points. They always beat up on the poorer teams. So um, if you're picking up a JJK thinking he's going to put out another 170 this week, he might do against the Saints, but just keep it in check. You're looking for someone that's going to um, score 100 from here on out. So you've got Franklin, you've got JJK. If you don't have a steal, I would re- I really like the idea of going from a re-roll to a steal because I think not only are you getting um, very similar to premium premium numbers. But that's going to give you three hundred thousand dollars to some to start getting on that trade early. And what you did talk about the pistol before is you talked about how are we going to make cash this year. We need to do something different. We can't just do the guns and rookies where we wait for a rookie to top out in price, then give him the flick and bring in another rookie and doing a, a, a downgrade upgrade. We can't do this this year. So maybe with the volatility of our rookies this year, banking that three hundred thousand dollars that you get from going a rewalt to a steal is is a really, really good idea because it gives you that head start. So when you do need to upgrade that, you've got that little bit of uh, cash in the bank because, you know, it's about it's it's about trying to push your team forward from this point. I really like the idea of starting with Rewalt. Now this has happened, you've got to get rid of him. How are you going to get, how are you going to jump the pack? How are you going to go the next step? The, um, no, 7% of trades this week, um, Sorry, 11% of trades this week was rewalt to JJK. So if you're just going to go a JJK, it's, you know, everyone's doing that. You get no uniqueness out of it. The next most common one is rewalt to Franklin with uh, 6%. Again, not unique. Rewalt to a steal for, I know a lot of people that don't have him, he's only in 25 to 30% of teams. That can really put you in good stead because we can see what he can do on the full AFL stage. And as you said, with Armitage out, he could be a really, really good um, option pushing up towards a premium this year, Pistol. Oh, I think you don't really need to focus that much on unique picks at this stage of the season. Um, I should say, I'm pretty sure Steele's in like 34% of teams or 35% of teams. So he's probably in more teams than JJK and Franklin anyway. So if it was me, I'd probably be trading straight to uh, Franklin, Adele House, maybe McRae, JJK above Steele. However, if you do need to fix up other lines, then Steele is definitely a good option so that you can you know beef up your back line or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure you have to go so unique so early, especially just the season's just started. So see how you're going first before you make these types of decisions. That's the last time I passed you in my segment, mate. <laughs> <laughs> another another part of the trading that we're looking at this week, Joel Smith. Should we wait a week? Uh, should we do a straight swap? Should we do a DPP swap? What are we looking at doing? Um, a lot of people got caught out with the sting of Joel Smith doing his shoulder last week. Um, and one of the most common trades we're seeing this week is Joel Smith straight to McGrath. I don't mind that there, Pistol. Are you happy with that kind of a swap? Or even to a March Bank, that slightly more expensive uh, that rookie? 
rookie in the back line that people are jumping to. I think the only reason they're doing that is because we're really unsure about the other rookies in the back line. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think if you happen to have the cash, then go for it, especially Marchback, who looked unreal. If you don't have the cash and you have to trade to another one of these dodgy back rookies, I would certainly be waiting a week, maybe waiting two weeks, maybe even waiting three weeks, because I doubt you're going to be upgrading um, players to primos in three weeks' time. So you'll probably have an available trade, and then you can kind of judge which rookies are on the bubble and, and get the best back rookie available, especially with like Nick Newman and stuff coming in just this week. So I don't think you are in desperate need of having to trade this round in particular uh, one that I do like the look of that um, I was floating around to you earlier is if you do have that DPP swing it might actually be beneficial say putting a, your McGrath from the midfield or your Hibbard from the midfield into the back line for Joel Smith uh, and bringing in say a midfielder bringing in um, someone that likes to pick it from the forward line or a parfit from the forward line that allows you to get a Butler um, or a, a allows you to get a Hannon into the forward line that that that's a, a, a nice option to look at um, using that DPP swing as you said Joel Smith he should be a D8 anyway like he was never he shouldn't have been anywhere near your field so it does give you that option to a give you um, uh, give you that emergency loophole looking between say a Tom Stewart and a Hampton or an Otten um, because they are scoring so similarly. But it also gives you that option to really find that rookie you want to trade him for. You could put you could put him in uh, for a McGrath, and McGrath stinks it up against the Lions this week in the absolute atrocious conditions in the Gabba, so he's not going to score well. And then his break-even's absolutely destroyed for his next round, because a lot of these guys here, Pistol, aren't remembering that you've got these damn butlers that put up 96, these Hannons that put up 96, but because it's round one, it's only in their rolling average for one week. So if they come and put up a couple of 50s yes their price is going to go up but they're still not absolutely um, skyrocketing like everyone thinks they're going to by looking at their break evens right now yeah that's exactly right and I think we should mention as I've got this question in the inbox quite a lot this week uh, if you do have a rewalt and you do have kind of a dodgy backline and you're upset with the back rookies most people do have a forward mid in their midfield and they do have like Mitch Hibbard who is a defender mid in their backline. With a single trade, you can trade Rewalt straight to a premium backman. All you have to do is you click on Rewalt, you click the trade button, look at your team on the side and you can see a little S next to the players that have two positions and you can put them in different positions without having to do the trade yet. So you click on the Rewalt, you click on a parfait in your midfield, you click the little S, it subs him into your um, forward line. So now you're trading Rewalt to a midfield then you click on Mitch Hibbard, you click the little S next to his name, he goes from your backline into your midfield. Now you're trading Rewalt to a defender straight away, one trade, fix a lot of your problems. And that's for a lot of guys that missed out on a Rory Laird putting up a 147 last week with an absolute stellar game. Um, everyone jumped offshore thinking he wasn't going to be great this year, 118. Taylor Adams, everyone, a lot of people have jumped on, but a lot of people are worried about his injury history. I think he uh, he showed last week that he definitely has got the right role for a backman, so you can jump onto him, uh, 117 last week. He's It's definitely a really good option. We've got a whole bunch of options this year, and I really do like the idea of holding Joel Smith for that one more week getting that extra data trying to figure out exactly what you want to do with him rather than jumping the gun and just grabbing any old rookie that you know you only have one week's worth of data on uh you happy with that pistol yeah definitely we might jump into uh, some captaincy options i'm gonna say it this week i i'm not gonna worry about thursday night i'm not gonna worry about friday night i'm gonna worry about saturday any of these games i'm chucking the vc straight on danger if he doesn't go 
you know, 120, 130 for whatever reason, which I can't see it happening. I've got the C sitting on Fife ready to go. What, what exactly are you doing? <laughs> it's funny you should ask. Um, I set my team a bit earlier in the week and because the podcast has gone overtime and the footy started, I don't remember who my VC was. It may be Pendlebury, <laughs> um, in which case I've got Pendlebury as... Oh, no, I changed it. All right, I don't have Pendlebury as VC, which I thought I was I had until this very moment I have the same as you in danger into Fife um, so I guess that is the best option because I'm doing it okay so you we've done the same with a danger into a Fife what's some other options that we could have done uh, if uh, we were looking to get a little bit interesting this week I think you shouldn't discount uh, Josh P Kennedy from Swans um, he was quite good in the grand final and I think his history is quite solid against the Bulldogs as well so he'd be someone that I'm definitely um, considering going into the round round two, another VC option could be maybe a, a Rockcliffe who is playing against Essendon. If it's raining, he's uh, loves the tackles, so I think he'll absolutely rack it up. That's someone I would be looking at if you do have Rockcliffe, and well done if you did because he scored very well um, last week. I think that's the game started, so it's a bit late to say Dustin Martin. So I'll just move on to um, the Bont. I think you're a big fan of the Bont. Yeah, really, really like Bond. I, I, I think this is his year. Um, I, you know, he's got a really, really good average um, at Etihad and against Sydney. Um, uh, he could go big this week. Yeah, he got 140 in the grand final as well. So he's he's probably going to do well again, to be honest. And now tell me about the uh, C options. Uh, so for captaincy options this week, um, um, Max Gorn, even with those niggles this week, I'm very, very happy putting uh, going a VC into a, a Maxi Gorn, just dominated. And uh, with that, you can see that he's, he's benefiting majorly from the new third man up rule. Um, and coming off 130 last week, he's another captaincy that we should be looking at. Yeah, definitely. I really like um, Gorn gone this week i mean just remember nankervis got 114 against carlton last week so i wonder what gone's gonna able to do yeah he's gonna absolutely smash it hey mate the last thing that i want to touch on uh, is uh we've had a few people inboxing this week saying they're really confused about what rookies they should be fielding and not fielding uh do you have any strategies that you use to uh, kind of decide uh what kind of rookies that you put on the field or is it a gut feel what do you usually do oh well considering i got most of them wrong last week i'm not sure i should be the one giving advice (laughs) um generally what i do is i look at whoever the weakest opponent is and just play a rookie based on that i mean you have to consider their role as well and and their current form and scoring history if they do have but generally it's weakest team goes on the field if they're playing them so for example gold coast i see is a quite weak side so i'm going to be playing a taranto over a butler who's playing collingwood it's pretty much a simple process as that. All right, Pistol, that pretty much wraps it up. Thanks for jumping on here with me again, mate. No worries. And just remember, guys, if you enjoyed the podcast, feel free to donate to the Cancer Council. Um, the link will be in the comments as usual. And thanks for having me, Cheezo. Yeah, absolutely. No worries, mate. And uh, don't forget, if you do appreciate it, uh, do leave us a review uh, on the uh, the iTunes link because it does make it easier for other people to find us and enjoy the content. And that's what we're out there for. We're out to yeah, try and help you guys and be one of the uh, be part of the community and it really helps us out so um thanks for, thanks for that pistol let's uh, jump into uh, the richmond and collingwood game and i'll talk to you later in the weekend all right catch ya catch you guys